So a lot of people have been asking, like, what does a product manager do? And I'm here as a PM to tell you what we do all day. So, you know, uh, product managers are uh, engineers. You can be more on the product side or more on the back end. Um, I work more on the back end. And, um, you know, we are in the engineering department, but we're actually the second half of engineers. So usually when you think of engineers, you think of software engineers. They're doing the coding. They're like actually, you know, like, you know, writing the actual code. Uh, Project managers essentially do all the steps before that where we'll like kind of like come up with a, um, you know, idea, think about the business value for it, then like write a technical spec. um, And that like kind of overlays like what is actually going to be built we take that technical spec to the a software engineer and then they'll like actually like, you know, look at it and then make that into code, make that into a real thing. And then we actually are, you know, accountable for like the actual success of that product too. So, um, yeah, we consider like the business value of things and, um, while also like, you know, creating and iterating on, uh, existing products and technology. Wow. Uh, freaks, you know, and love West Elm Munya. <laughs> Now enjoy product manager by the pool, Munya. Just all, literally living out all of TikTok's discourses. Indeed. In, in one man. My toes are in the water right now. <laughs> professional managerial class, mm-hmm. more like professional Munya class. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The M stands for Munya. All right. <laughs> I will say, when you're describing your job, I was like, you sound a lot like the first guy to get laid off in office space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is it you do here, Munya? What do you do? <laughs> to be clear though uh greg has the exact same job <laughs> excuse me just as useless <laughs> no i'm i am if if a film or commercial set is a factory i'm the foreman i i know what everybody's else's job is oh, oh yeah and i yeah. know which of them should be doing what which, part of their job which. at what time. So it all comes together in the moment, you know? Uh, I Another useless job. I say when to, <laughs> you know, if, if I wasn't there to sit in a piece of Edwardian patio furniture and say, roll camera, everyone would just stand <laughs> around, like, waiting for someone else to do their job because, you know, it takes someone, like, watching everybody to know, like, when it comes together, it's like, you know, um, it's like, have you seen, uh, if I know you've seen kitchen nightmares, it's like a, it's like a commercial kitchen, you know, everything's like gotta happen at the same, at the right moment. So all the dishes go out to the table. At yeah. The same you're, time. you're the expediter. I'm the expediter. That's me, man. <laughs> you know, that's the role that Gordon always steps into. Um, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the, the sous chef, the director's the yeah. chef. I'm the sous chef who, and who then in the, during the service is expediting. Yeah, you're that managerial layer that helps prevent the money from falling down to the people who are doing the real work. Well, you know, as the foreman, you know, you've got a choice. You can enforce for management or you can speak for the workers. And, um, you know, I make that choice every day at work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to speak for the workers exclusively. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. tell them to be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> be the voice of the work. I do. Oh, that is <laughs> a thing I say a lot. I am also the guy who says, you know, I mean, in the cartoons or in the old days, it's you know, quiet on the set. I say, quiet, please. Wow, <laughs> wow, you know, that's a. 
coming at it from a different view, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, for the audience, this is basically take two. Greg spent 40 minutes trying to explain his, what he does at his job to me and Munya, and it was totally incoherent. And, <laughs> you know, he, he was like, oh, you know, ex- trying to explain your job, and I was like, I show up at work, I go into the bathroom, and I start shitting. <laughs> 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 Done and done. Me and Greg are truly the suckers for actually explaining what we do, and it's like actual, like you know, <laughs> working, not shitting, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who's the real sucker here? Yeah. Actually, that is the problem. That is the problem with my job is that I can't take, I can't walk away and like shit on the clock because it is it's not like an office job it's a factory yeah. where the line has to keep you're moving. not with me at the pool <laughs> or the, yeah no or the kitchen has to keep like it has to happen it's like you, you can't just walk away mm-hmm. the expediter what happens on kitchen nightmares when the expediter who's just uh, like uh, had it like goes out to have a smoke in the back shambles anyway welcome back freaks uh uh, we are on the boat. Woo wee! We're here. Our beloved Munya is has been forced against his will to come back Kidnapped. to Seattle, <laughs> uh, and uh, and we're enjoying that here on the boat mm-hmm. um, for our entertainment and yours. Well, and like a true uh, product manager, though, he was like, "I'll come back to Seattle, but I have to be in the water while I work." Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, he's exactly. got his laptop out. Laptop feet are in the water. I'm he's dipped he's in. out on the swim step. Yep. And we're we're in the cockpit. He's uh you know dipping his toes from the uh, transom. Yep. I mean the best thing about that TikTok is like people who are like kind of like ambiently mad but also kind of horny at the same time too. <laughs> you know like they're like oh how, how dare you pretty woman uh you know be uh <laughs> not not be working like I do. I I I work hard for what I do and I uh, you ladies are in these like a uh, thin bikinis like, <laughs> like just like in detail describing like yeah. their feet and shit. Like <laughs> you're in your thin bikini keys in this apartment complex pool which is probably in an expensive area. I mean what area yeah what area yeah yeah <laughs> i would hate to be there yeah uh, let me know what area and neighborhood so, so that's i can in. avoid uh, it yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what temperature is the water yeah. uh? <laughs> is it between 63 and 73 uh? <laughs> but yeah i mean the, the best reply of the whole thing was all the people that were like uh you know look it looks like they're having fun but that that's the kind of job that just preys on young singles yeah it only pays like 70k a year and it's just like I was like I don't think that normal people are gonna hear that and have the reaction you think they're like oh shit never mind damn no uh, this changed my perspective completely you know I got decades of experience in my field no big deal I don't make that but no big deal (laughs) you gotta pray for these young girls (laughs) hey you know good on them man I I wish I could sit in the pool I should have learned how to use a computer (laughs) and look if you're a guy like 
you're like an academic or a guy who's just like uh, sends emails at their job still. Like, why aren't you at the pool? Like, I yeah, mean, you, you should do some self crit. That's on you. You know, like <laughs> yeah. to be clear, like M- Munya really does have that job. Yeah, and really was like. I'm going to move to another city yeah, <laughs> um, and I did and do it. And is, I assume like shooting off emails to his coworkers, like encouraging them and keeping them on task while he's on his like, you know, brunch hinge dates. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, quite literally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he on his eighth breakfast sandwich from the bodega <laughs> that day. <laughs> Just able to easily send out, you know, commands. Yeah. Sorry. There's been nothing to eat since you've been, I'm back starving. Dude, I, look. When I first saw you, that's the first thing I thought. I was like, Moody is rail thin. Yeah, you, you, like, you like saw you just like saw just like my face is just like uh, dropped. Like you can see the bones in my face, and not in like the cool way. It's like a, <laughs> more like the Sarah McLaughlin way. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, because yeah. it's just the only city that you can get a sandwich and breakfast at, and like is New York, and I can't do that here. Yeah. So I'm just waiting to get back so I can like crawl to the Brodega and like be like. Bacon, egg, and cheese, please. Please, <laughs> Amy, bacon, egg, and cheese. Please. Please. Uh, a living please, New Yorker cartoon. Uh, <laughs> yes. Literally a living New Yorker cartoon. And you know what? Um, that's why it's the greatest city in the world. <laughs> I don't know how you guys eat. I, you know. Yeah. Can't imagine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So later in the episode, Brian has a special treat for us that he wants to share. Some a piece of um, illuminating prose on uh, one of our oldest know, institutions. Yeah, something that you know Brian lives out every day. <laughs> um, uh, the matrimonial bliss, and you know uh, he really wants to share that with us. So, uh, but before that, I've got I did a little uh, interview with friend of the show Madison. And so, uh, yeah, stay tuned for that. I think it's time to bring Reddit atheism back. <laughs> like, I, I understand the, why it had a lot of pull, like, the, the, at once upon a time. The 90s are coming back in yeah. every way, baby. But, uh, yeah, everybody enjoy your vegetables, and that way you'll feel good for dessert. Mm-hmm. Right. Hey, everybody, it's Greg, and I have a friend of the show, Madison, here to tell us about some uh, goings-on at C- my neighbor, Seattle Pacific University, uh, where I am told it is still an evangelical Christian organization. Surprise. Is that correct, Madison? Surprise. Yes. Um, and I mean, you know, we tried it. We tried it. We try to push it out. We try to push God out as much as we can. But hmm. be that as it may, it's still a religious institution. So you said you've been hanging out with some people who are uh, occupying like administration offices, like it's the 1960s. Um, uh, because I guess, you know, fill us in on this. I, there was some kind of push to reverse like a longstanding anti-gay uh, staffing ban, basically. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Uh, a, LG, a ban on LGBTQ uh, and really, uh, you know, uh, lots of other things uh, in the staff code for hiring for faculty and staff at mm-hmm. Seattle Pacific mm-hmm. University. No surprise that they've had it on the books for a long time. And so tell us about, I guess, the the recent like effort by students and faculty to overturn that and what happened. Sure. In order to do that, I just want to give a bit of context. So two years ago, this all came to a head because the board of trustees explicitly denied 
the hiring of a nursing professor on the basis of him being gay. And that initiated an anti-discrimination lawsuit, um, or rather a discrimination lawsuit, um, in the city of Seattle that has since been resolved out of court. But that was two years ago. And so in the intervening two years, the uh, this group on campus, the LGBTQ work group, has been discussing options with the board of trustees, talking about the effect of these sorts of policies on mental health of students, um, mental health and efficacy of faculty, you know, all the, all the normal things that you would expect when you say uh, you, because of your, you know, uh, sexuality or gender expression or whatever, um, are not worthy of being a full human in our eyes. Um, so no surprise that those all have deleterious effects, right? Mm-hmm. After two years of this, you know, discussion, the committees, right? This whole thing feels so just um, disgustingly liberal, right? Because it's like, oh, we hear you. We see <laughs> literally they're like, we want to have diversity on campus. But we're not going to change the hiring policy. So we prayed on it a lot. We thought about it a lot, but um, we're still going to discriminate against queer people. Um, Mm -hmm. And understandably, the students have been pretty pissed off about this. Um, And as I understand it, the the protest that happened on campus was two weeks ago on Tuesday. And it was, uh, I mean, there were several hundred people at this protest um, on campus. And then immediately after that, some seniors in the student leadership decided, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to sit in. <laughs> we're not going to, we're not going to be, um, we're, we're going to be, what did one of them said, uh, they have decided that they're not going to change. So we're just going to get more annoying, <laughs> mm. <laughs> which I, um, I love and support. That's, that's the toolbox, right? <laughs> uh, just get in people's faces and don't go away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's just, it's so, um, the whole thing is just so fascinating because, um, on so many facets, this is going to be detrimental for the university, um, like potentially debilitating. And I think many of the board of trustee members who voted against this um, are fully willing to just drive the university off of a cliff because they believe that this is the uh, morally righteous thing to be doing. Um, and so they would rather They're see... culture warriors. Sure, yes, yeah, yeah. And, and because of that, too... They get the the joy of being um, a martyr, right? For uh, mm-hmm. for the work of Christ, right? Like I did my, you know, I sacrificed here, um, and I sacrificed the university for for my moral my moral standing, um, mm-hmm. and it, that angle is actually where the students have taken additional action now. So the sit in itself has been going on for over three hundred hours. We're into week two here, starting tomorrow, um, and I've had the, the the pleasure of being there for I think like six or seven days um, out of the last couple of weeks, uh, maybe more. But in addition to this, in addition to the very um, sort of present uh, and immediate uh, protest that is, you know, sitting in on this on uh, in the administrative building. The students are also organizing a lawsuit against the university that's not a discrimination lawsuit, right? Because um, I think that angle is a little bit harder just because, you know, religion, religious institutions in America have every right to discriminate as much as they want um, because of some religious exemption. But 
their approach here is to uh, say that the board of trustees has abandoned their fiduciary duty to the university because they were presented with all of this information saying like our ability to hire is going to go down, our um, enrollment is going to go down. Uh, this is our, our alumni contributions are going to go down because surprise, I'm an alum, right? I'm a member of the president circle or was, but why would I donate to an institution that like literally does not accept me? Um, and so that's the angle that they're taking is like, even in the face of this, the board of trustees is making a decision that is immediately against the interests of the university. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they're raising money for that. Um I think they have a link on their Instagram. It's A-S-S-P-S-P-U on Instagram, and they have a whole link tree and whatnot. But um, yeah, that's what they're up against. So that seems like a long-term strategy, you know, uh, trying to find some redress against the board in the courts. Do you have a sense of what the people organizing the sit-in, the uh, sorry, the yeah, the LGBTQ working group is hoping to get in the near term out of occupying the offices? <laughs> I think they are hoping to, in a number of ways, just embarrass the board of trustees Mm. um, to the extent that they will either uh, make a decision to reverse the policy or um, resign. Um, And part of this becomes a little bit messy because... um, There was a situation... So they 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 were set to vote on this policy in May... Um, two weeks before, uh, more context too, Seattle Pacific University is affiliated with the Free Methodist Church. Um, now, interestingly enough, uh, the protest uh, got more in donations the first week that it was running than the Free Methodist Church has contributed to SPU. Um, so just keep that in mind. Mm. But uh, the Free Methodist Church, incidentally, the church that I grew up in uh, <laughs> here, I, I as a kid, not all the time. I, you know, went to a church in Bothell, but I, I went to First Free mm. uh, occasionally, which is basically on the campus of SPU, which I also happen to live next to now. Um, and uh, God, um, as a teen is like, oh, I don't want to go to church with my in my boring church with my parents. So uh, if you're cool, you go into into Seattle and go to First Free Methodist with all the SPU college kids. The liberal First Free Methodist. Yeah, sure. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, that's it. So, I mean, that's my next question. Like, there does seem to be like kind of an obvious like ideological impasse here, right? Like Mm -hmm. it is a evangelical university. I can tell you from personal experience that the Mm -hmm. Free Methodist Church, while it likes to keep a low profile and Mm -hmm. like, Mm They don't like to cause like a scene themselves. Like they are deeply homophobic and believe all kinds of insane shit. So that makes me think like you combine that, that like ideological starting point of where the board's coming from with like the, the place that puts them in the larger culture war, uh, which includes like hating uh, university students for all their whining and bitching and, and whatever gay shit they get up to. Um, (laughs) And like, you know, and I also think I, I saw in one of the um, articles you sent me that the the National Church, the uh, Free Methodist uh, USA, like has said, like if they has you know made a statement mm-hmm. on this saying that if the university does reverse the policy, that they will um, cancel their affiliation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
Yeah. If I may. Yeah, go on. There's yeah. a whole context with that because two of the members of the board of trustees for SBU are also on the board for the National Free Methodist Committee. Um, and that mm-hmm. committee met two weeks before the board of trustees were set to meet, uh, meet to vote on this policy. And uh, in at that time, uh, the Free Methodist, National Free Methodist Church, put out a statement as a result of their meeting, right, with two of the SPU board of trustees, that if a affiliated university changes its hiring policy to reflect a more uh, open, specifically as regards to queer people policy, they are expressing disaffiliation with the Free Methodist Church. They preempted that entirely. Yes. And so what happened was that changed the premise of the vote from, oh, okay, we're changing our hiring policy, which just requires a flat 51%, to now we are voting to disaffiliate from the Free Method, the National Free Methodist Church which brought the necessary votes up to like, I think 67. It was some difference, right? Um, Significant, really non-trivial voting difference. So Mm -hmm. there were some fascinating politics in play of uh, making, moving the goalposts, right? For what this, what this looked like, because two of the board of trustees members are also on that national Mm -hmm. free Methodist council. Well, yeah, I mean, that makes me wonder like, yeah, I mean, you mentioned the possibility of them just cutting bait, right? Like, giving up uh, letting the university die or something i don't know mm-hmm. but or i mean i guess the other possibility is the the university leaving the church mm-hmm. um and very like i i want like i can imagine either of those things right mm-hmm. because like these the free methodist church founded all these universities like a, a long time when how long has spu been around oh I, I don't know i want to say the 1800s but yeah, uh, on that. this is a very different time in the, mm-hmm. the Free Methodist Church. It's called the Free Methodist Church. So the Methodist movement was a uh, <clears throat> really annoying uh, group of uh, revivalists, like and um, the evangelized of, from said revivals in whatever the the tenth or twelfth American great great American revival or whatever it was when. Um, uh, is it John Wesley? He's the Methodist one, right? Um, who went around yes. and. Yes, that sounds and, right. And, I should know uh, this because I got a degree at a Christian university, but um, and, since, uh, shoot, all this knowledge. And the, you know, this is in the early 19th century and the uh, 18, the 1830s or something. I, I honestly don't fucking remember. But, you know, one of these revivals where they went around with tents and like uh, Jesus, a bunch of people up who were, you know, poor um, and um, became just like really annoying, a uh, really annoying scourge for the next few decades over uh, over the landscape of America. I want rustlers, cutthroats, murderers, bounty hunters, desperados, mugs, pugs, thugs, nitwits, halfwits, dimwits, vipers, snipers, con men, Indian agents, Mexican bandits, muggers, buggerers, bushwhackers, hornswagglers, horse thieves, bull dykes, train robbers, bank robbers, ass kickers, shit kickers, and methodists. And until uh, the um, uh, crisis of secession and of abolition like in the some point in the 1850s i think is when the church split and the free methodists were um you know for abolition like a lot of christian uh faiths were um certainly not all and what's funny about that is that that is represents like this very different time 
in the politics of these churches because now United Methodists are one of the, like the most progressive um, and open churches in the country. And the yeah. Free Methodists are, again, they keep a low profile generally, but they're mm-hmm. fucking nuts. And they're really, um, they're right-wing psychos. I was and, talking with the neighbor and she was like, I thought they were Methodists. Oh, oh no. <laughs> mm, yeah, there's there's two different Methodists. <laughs> and it's funny that the way that it came about, um, but yeah, that's totally reversed the politics of that. And so like, they don't. I, I can imagine them not giving a shit about like l- closing down their universities or something, right? Like this is a thing that was comes from a, t- a different time in America and a different time in the church when like whatever they they liked the idea of like building these cultural institutions of education in uh, you know in cities. Um, when I and I can imagine them just not giving a shit about that now, or alternatively, out of spite, uh, just refusing to budge on this and mm-hmm. saying, you know, fuck you. Uh, this is a free Methodist uh, university. Uh, this yeah. is our revenge. This is we're the only ones winning in the war we're always hearing about on Fox News and and conservative talk radio between us, the old people, and old the, the the college students who yeah. who um just won't stop with with their freaking uh, woke know, Gen Z college their, students. Yeah, their their woke uh, genderism. <laughs> yeah. Um... So where, where do you, one I mean, where the, do you think it's going to go? I, I Sorry, don't go know. On. Yeah. I, one of the funny things, as, as you know, I mean, talking about slavery, the, um, some of the board of trustees members had a town hall with the SPU students, uh, two weeks ago, um, during the first week of protests. Um, and it was, I went, it was great. I got to yell at a bunch of, uh, trustees it was a fantastic experience. But during that, one of the trustees who is, uh, also a member of that free Methodist um, sort of national committee or whatever um, had said that, you know, we can't, we can't leave the free Methodist church because SPU has a 130 year storied tradition of being with the free Methodist church. And I couldn't help but think, God, you know what else has a 130 plus year storied tradition? Slavery in America. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my God, that doesn't mean that we should stick with it. What the hell? Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's the kind of thing that, you know, conservatives will like uh, fall back on, like, you know, the a traditionalist argument. But I mean, really, it boils down to they just they they don't like gay and trans people. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to. And and they want they know they have like this t- small amount of cultural power in a place where they don't otherwise, you know, I mean, this is like this line that SPU has walked for a long time mm-hmm. as Seattle has become like this li- very liberal progressive city over the decades in the ways that it is, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like the second biggest university. I mean, but did very distant second in ta- in the city, but um, that is, you know, uh, attracting young people from all over for all kinds of reasons. And they've always, I tried to walk this line where it's like, no, we're, we're, we're regular. We're regular here. Yeah. If you read the fine print, like there's a lot of weird fucking rules and, um, and those aren't going to change. But if you just pretend like we're, we're regular. Yeah. Uh, and I guess, I guess, you know, you and your, uh, comrades are confronting them on that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's so fascinating because, on campus, I mean, back two years ago, I think the board of, or excuse me, the faculty voted a vote of no confidence against the board, something like 75% vote of no confidence. Um, and then again, they've uh, voted to um, essentially endorse the the decision to change the hiring policy by uh, 80%, I think. Um, and 
on campus, I'm I like the theology classes and whatnot, the actual like faith building that happens on campus was part of what moved me away from the Capital C Church because it was it was a dive into like the biblical text and like the the story of the person of Jesus that was I, I like looked around and was like, this is not what Christians are talking about. Like this, this, this Jesus that we're being taught is like not at all reflected by any of the, the churches that I've been a part of or any of the people who are calling themselves Christians now. Um, and so the board of trustees were like, one of the, one of the trustees was talking about like how it's just not in line with the, you know, the, the, the faith that's being taught on campus and students were like, you don't take a class here. Like you obviously don't understand what's happening on campus, right? So it's been very cool to see the actual changes that have happened for students on campus. But still we're in this position, like in so many places in America, where this this tiny cabal of people in power uh, get to make the decision and hold everyone hostage and then be accountable to no one because they don't even, they aren't even on campus. Um, They come maybe once a quarter but they don't even have to be on campus for the stuff they do. It's like absurd. So where do I see this going? That's what you've asked. Um, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> that's, that's the answer. This is, um, I, I really don't know. I know that there are some board members who are affirming, who want to see this policy changed. Um, and if you look at the racial divide of board members, um, you won't be surprised by which ones those are who want to change this policy and which ones want to, um, uh, you know, entrench it. Um, but I don't know if that is going to, I, you know, I, it's hard to have faith in a, a system that has continually let you down. Um, and again, I just feel like that's a reflection of, you know, where we're at politically in this moment. Um, for me, Doing a sit-in as, you know, a um, a remote tech worker is uh, very easy. I just come and I sit down and I I do work on campus and then like buy them food sometimes. Um, And so it's very easy for me as an alum to participate in this and support this. Um, And uh, so I'm going to keep doing that uh, until something changes. Okay. Well, if um, people want to uh express solidarity or show support for the gay and trans students and uh maybe potentially some of the faculty Mm -hmm. um at uh spu is there a way we can do that yeah absolutely so on instagram a s s p s p u uh they have a link tree there that has some like donations it has um you can also sign up to be at the sit-in you can sign up to help bring food, you know, bring meals, bring snacks and whatnot. Um, that first week I brought, you know, a crap ton of box fans and outlets and those have been used the last two weeks. So there's, you know, a whole modicum of stuff that the community can come and support. And, you know, if you're comfortable, there's a lot of Gen Z kids around because <laughs> they're all students, but, um, you can also sit in. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be there ideally the rest of the week. Um, and so if, if you feel so inclined to stop by and participate yourself, just ask for Madison, um, and you'll find another, you'll find another freak there on campus. (laughs) Hmm. Right on. Okay. Well, uh, thanks Madison. Thanks for telling us about that and good luck. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on. Okay. Thanks again, Madison, uh, for sharing that with us. Again, we'll link that stuff in the description. Yeah. So, uh, Brian. What do you got for us? 
Yeah. So uh, yesterday in the New York Times, you know, I, I normally, you know, I just thumb through the pages, check out the headlines. But I found a headline that really affected me because, as Greg noted, um, I am, in fact, married. <laughs> fact have some experience with it so this is number two yeah yeah some experience <laughs> so someone's in professionally married not your first I, time at the rodeo know, um, I, i'm so i'm so sad it hurts me to know that i missed knowing divorced brian you know like doesn't that, doesn't that bum you out to know like brian was like a legit divorced guy yeah. for a minute there yep. but by the time i met brian I became a poster he he was you know technically not yet married but you know him and Bryn were cohabitating already for at, at some period of time before i even met them and you know were very happy together. Looking forward to uh, uh, some time tying the knot and and living the rest of their lives in marital bliss. And I just, I, I, the only I wish new I wife guy, Brian. Uh, yes, yeah. no, I, I know. Yeah, I, Greg's never seen my sword collection. Yeah. To <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I've seen your library. I have. I have yeah. a feeling like that might. You have. see my sword collection, which is the library. It is, a, it is yeah. as disastrous as it's ever been. <laughs> um, uh. But yeah, like, isn't that a bummer? Like, can you just imagine, like, what type of divorce guy, like, I'm energy Brian about must have it, had? And I. <laughs> Do you think, like, Brian would, like, go? Because, like, I mean, I think there's, like, some divorce guys that would, like, you know, suddenly buy leather jackets and kind of, like, slick back their hair. And, they, like, they think that, like, basically doing, like, the Tim Heidecker, like, uh, when he was doing that stand-up bit, like, I'm going to the opera, you know? like the, uh, Well, I, I'm, uh, I'm short one of those ingredients. So that is one of those definitely didn't happen. You can buy a leather uh, jacket. And like, and like the divorce guys love to think that that's like, like the that peak of box. fashion, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, which is yeah. like fucking hilarious. Um, uh, I, I did, and I, you know, look, I'm not ashamed to say this. I did buy nicer clothes. <laughs> I had divorce. I did, yeah, I, yeah. I, there was a brief moment where I, I did dress nice. Now you guys are looking at me and being like, well, that, that clearly <laughs> hey, ended. This is what and I'm yes, saying. Like, Seattle nice. Yeah. Where, like, uh, did, you, did you trim that beard up to... Um, uh, well, you know, I did for a period uh, go to a fancy barber shop on Capitol Hill that would like do beard trims. It, it was everything you're imagining, like very obnoxious. Oh my gosh! And, like w- like full on because okay, there's a level of obnoxious barber shop that I have <laughs> seen from the outside, like where there's literally bourbon and cigars. Was it that bad or? Uh, it was basically in that variety, although because in Seattle was definitely had no smoking inside. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I just remember when I finally decided I went there like maybe three times. But the final time when I was like, I got to leave was uh, when they curled your mustache. <laughs> no, the barbers would all have like conversations amongst themselves. They were like too busy having fun with themselves. Uh, also, they talked about things that I just was like not in the right economic bracket to discuss. Uh, like the first time they were just going on about home purchases. And I was like. I mean, financially, I don't think you should do that. But uh, also, like, can't relate. Sorry. Yeah. So this was um, this, but, these haircuts were like um, l- aspirational for you, pretty much. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I, was, I was the poorest person in the room at any given time. Yeah, yeah. and the 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 final one uh, was just like you know, and I went because I was like, well, you know, it kind of feels nice to get like your beard cut. I used to cut it myself before then, so it's like oh, it kind of yeah. feels nice to get like cut by somebody. And uh, you know, I was like, I'm gonna treat myself, you know, like whatever. And uh, the final time I was and there, you weren't even wearing basketball shorts. I, no, I was dressed in like literally like skinny jeans and like you know, I was dressed in like I was looking, you know. I had a look and 
Uh, the last time I was there, I, I cannot believe I missed this. this. The, rules, the barbers, oh my god, the barbers. The last time I was there, I shit you not, had a conversation that lasted the entire time I haircut, which took inordinately long, uh, about how one of them was flying to Vietnam to adopt a dog and was coming back, and I was like, that's what they were going to be next week, and they just talked about this the whole time, and I just, my mind could not wrap itself around this conversation and i just said i'm not coming back these are the I'm barbers done. themselves like where yes, are they yes. getting this money I how much know. were you paying for what, this yeah, what, how, not a lot which is they're, why they're, they're, none of part of it made any sense they're talking like my co-worker so they're like <laughs> these are like 30 dollar haircut like it was not, i was a paid a lot of money trust fund barbers like <laughs> that see, a thing? But, like the thing is is like where are the trust funds in like you know seattle you like, you'll get trust fund barbers like maybe in like soho and shit like where like well, they're coming from connecticut but well, like you know so, like, where, the, where there's, I imagine there's like trust fund butchers, yeah, and right, trust fund right. like um, tailors, and, and trust they're like, fund oh, ha- like, uh, do you like work at all? Then you figure out like their dad like owned like the Northern Pacific Railroad or something. <laughs> trust know? fund like, milliners, yeah. <laughs> or well, they, they're like great grandpa, not their dad, but you know. Well, this all ended up resolving itself because I was telling somebody this story about the dog and how I couldn't go back, and I was starting to get like really crazy mountain man looking as I am right now, and uh, and the person I was talking to was like. Like, you know, Rudy's like cuts beards. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And like, yeah, I was like, oh, what the fuck am I doing? And so then I then proudly became a customer of Rudy's where the barber that I would normally get. I honestly assume this like story the whole time was Rudy's. So that's like way above Rudy. I'll spare that. I don't think they're in business. Yeah, I know. This sounds so bizarre. What fucking. It was in like a weird alley and stuff, too. Like it was like a whole like it was a whole bullshit like fucking thing just to get there. Trust fun barbers. It was a barber's speakeasy yes 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 street level where you have to, you like rap on the door and they're <laughs> like i mean it's fucking embarrassing to do it oh my like a secret I'm, knock i'm pretty God. sure the office across from us was like some sort of startup like internet startup but so with the first barber i get when i go to rudy's is cutting my hair and uh we had a conversation about how she used to do drugs with mike Patton from faith no more back in the 80s and what and just told me weird stories about him like shitting on stage that's the stuff. rudy's i know yeah that yeah. was like i was like finally i'm in my element yeah <laughs> i was like finally a conversation i wanted yeah, to be right. a part of that is the most bizarre fucking like I'm still trying to even process that 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 like dude I to this day I can't explain any part of this conversation I just the whole time it's happening I just like I cannot come back okay are there, has to stop. are there pictures of divorce Brian that we can use for the image for the episode oh yeah yeah I think I think of a good one in the, the send, full yeah. look yeah, yeah, yeah I want to yeah. see this oh man I'm so bummed I missed divorce yeah. Brian divorce <laughs> Brian I like might have I, I imagine, like, might have been, like, genuinely interested in some of my perspectives on things instead of just, just <laughs> no. laughing no. off the, the crazy. No, this is a fantasy just, like, Greg is having. Just <laughs> laughing off the shit that I say. <laughs> Greg is um, imagining things right now. <laughs> well, you know, look, uh... <laughs> Uh, no, no, it's just no. I would not have been interested in any, any of your uh, ideas, but I would have thought they were funny. I would have been interested in hearing them. <laughs> okay. Greg is really uh, upset that, you know, the health guidance that he's been giving Brian is just not really clicking in the way that he yeah. wants to. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know? exactly. I've seen the chiropractor. The chiropractor like videos. It, like, 
he, he can he, Greg has like uh, some software when he can see when people actually like open the links that he sends <laughs> and you know he's getting like maybe a 15% like you know uh, conversion oh, rate on his links <laughs> yeah well uh, yeah so you know again yeah professionally how, married how, how, long, how, how long was your divorce guy phase only a few years. Like I, I wasn't. I was like, ladies. So I works. was not on the market so for long. It, it doesn't. Yeah, work. you yeah. got snatched up. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, look, you know, I was, I was a hot commodity. So. Yeah, at a dive bar, and then they moved in next door to the bar together. You got it. That's American love story right there. <laughs> that's a true it's American love story. That's well, gorgeous. Let's hear about another American love story. And I thought this would be perfect because, yeah, you know, like I said, I'm professionally married. Munya is dating only one woman right now while living in Brooklyn, which is basically being married. That is that is marriage <laughs> status. I, I'm <laughs> filing taxes on like uh, married uh, <laughs> yeah, status. I'm not I'm not filing single anymore. <laughs> IRS and, recognizes that Brooklyn only, though. You know. Yeah, and Greg, of course, is married to the sea. So, <laughs> so this is from uh, Tish Harrison Warren. I can only assume it's married to Elizabeth Warren. I don't know. There's already a great start, though. Tish? Tish. Like, Tish. Is, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, but Tish is a first name. That doesn't get you anywhere in New York, lady. Yeah, well, I mean, like, usually the name Tish in New York is the, yeah. the NYU art, the arts. Uh, yeah, you got to move that so. to the middle or last yeah. name to get any purchase. Yeah. Can't be in the first. Can't be in the first. So uh, the article is titled, I Married the Wrong Person. And I'm so glad I did. <laughs> and I saw this and I had to like go through some effort to get past the paywall to read it. And uh, man, was I uh, Brian, thrilled. do you not have the paywall, like uh, a, um, oh. paywall bypass extension? Well, I just have to, I, I can get it through like my work library. Oh, okay. so. He wants to do it the legit way, folks. Yeah, yeah do, guys, if you have Google Chrome, do not search like a paywall bypass. That's like, you know, that's not right. Get you, buy this the is, New York Times Okay, I'm, I'm gonna do this. This is really good. It really fucking sucks because it used to be you could use the anonymous browser to get right, past yeah, the yeah. Uh, paywall, which is like the, you know, uh, people are like, oh, you use your anonymous browser. I'm like, well, how else do you read the New York Times? But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. No, that's, I mean, that's like, it, it, it literally like has like every single website that has a paywall, and it just like you know clears your cookies and does it. Hell yeah, yeah man. No, Let's get awesome. on that. Yeah. All right, so. She writes, I truly believe that everyone marries the wrong person. <laughs> but even by that standard, my husband and my match was particularly fraught. We got married young with no idea what we were getting into or how to decide who or if to marry. We both brought plenty of baggage into our relationship. We argued a lot and didn't handle conflict well. We had a vague sense that marriage was good and a mistaken idea that it was a necessary passage into adulthood. But even as I walked down the aisle, I harbored doubts about whether we should get married. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> they're off to banger of a start. I don't know. I mean, like this. OK, if if you hadn't read the title of the article, like and I'm glad I did, like. I didn't know where this was going. Like, you're like, yeah, this this sounds like all the old people I know who like are just in like got married happily loveless marriages. Because, <laughs> or, just got married because like someone they just assumed like that was the thing you did. You know, like my parents, the two most the most ludicrous pair like <laughs> imaginable two people whose only the only thing they have in common is the lack of an aesthetic sense. Uh, completely op oppositely insane people, um, <laughs> opposite and opposed, like oh, um, wow. insanities that uh, are perfectly uh, formulated to 
drive each other more insane. <laughs> um, you know, and, you know, just like, yeah, got married because that's what you did. You just like find someone standing there at the right, you know, age and you're like, hey, let's get married now. And I guess that's what people I mean, that is what people did mm. for so long. And I guess the other thing, if this is if this was also going toward the place, what it's because I'm saying is like this opening paragraph sounds like the whole article is going to make sense, going to say like, yeah, people get married for dumb reasons. And uh, the whole institution is like a, a toxic thing that is like, uh, you know, based on slavery and it, it should just be abolished. Yeah, um, it sounds like an essay that will be published in The Baffler so far. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, let's move on. My, by the way, like my parents are also not in, uh, seemingly in a marriage where they don't get along or like each other in any way. When I look at photos of them when they first got married, see, even though they don't seem to make sense anyway, do seem to be happy in photos together, which yeah. I love that this begins with, oh, we hate each yeah, other. Yeah, we like genuinely we, just do yeah. not like each other. My husband is now also an Anglican priest, and over the last two decades, we both presided over. Wait, 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 wait. As as am I? Yeah, Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and we both presided over weddings and offered premarital counseling. Is this a a woman? Yes. Okay. And these these are our uh, clergy of the Church of England in America. So, like, yeah, is that weird? Is that a weird thing to be? (laughs) I mean, not in Nova Scotia, Canada. Oh, is that is that? No, no. This is, these are Americans, as far as I can tell. They don't specify where they're from. They got to be on the East Coast. Oh, they're right in the New York. They got an editorial in the New York Times. Like, yeah. I mean, so I mean that that's just a that's just a creepy thing. Period. A yeah. husband and wife couple of Anglican Americans, <laughs> priests. We're both priests. Yeah, that is. This the is priest no, this is couple. extremely creepy. Yeah, dude. The Church of England. I mean, maybe the. I mean, a very very creepy institution. Yeah, dude. Can you Spooky imagine like how hard they fucked watching the Queen's Diamond Jubilee this last <laughs> oh, week? God, they saw that hologram oh, just yeah. town oh, on each other. Oh, like, oh. They they saw the hologram go by waving, and they were like, "Let's get crazy on yeah. each other." Oh man. <laughs> We both admit that if a couple came to us with the doubts and issues we had when we got engaged, we'd probably say, maybe don't do this, (laughs) which is what our premarital counselor told us at the time. (laughs) He sensed that our life paths were pulling in different directions, that neither of us had a clear idea of who we were or what we wanted, and that I was romantically hung up on another guy. No, We didn't listen to his advice. (laughs) Oh, just like sneaking that that in there? Wait, just sneaking what? the third one Roll in the there. <laughs> Wait a minute. So who buckled and aligned their life path to the other and also became a priest? Or were neither of them destined? And they never even heard of the Church of England. And they both, as they went along, like... Rerooted their live paths to be intertwined and went to seminary together. It's insane, and I love that. Who because, are these fucking people? Well, that if you ever heard, like, if you ever had like relatives or something, like went to marriage counseling, like through a church, like all the church does the whole time is basically tell you, like, you have to stay married or you should get married. Like they don't exactly provide unbiased uh, marital advice to you. Yeah, right? no. So the fact that their marriage, their church marriage counselor was like, you guys should In- not get married. 
fucking whatever, whenever this, yeah. these have got to be, these are old people. Okay? The this shit. is the yeah, 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or it's like at least like the, at least the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was basically like, I don't think you should get married. Imagine how awful that room had to be. That, that person was I like, know it don't smelled do this. crazy in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was before that conversation yeah. started. Like they walked in and then made that stank ass room like awkward. Okay. It's just a list of things of like, oh, we had like different life goals. It seemed like maybe we were going different directions. Oh, it's also in love with somebody else. I'm literally in entirely. love with my ex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in love with somebody else. Uh, but yeah. Uh, fuck that. They decided to be legends. Got married. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Right. Um, by the way, I, I have a friend, a friend of the show who uh, got married at a bar because his ex-girlfriend walked up to him, like sat next to him at the bar one day and was like, it's kind of crazy. We're not married yet. And or like, like not together, but like just as individuals that never been married. And they got like married that night drunk. Dude. But uh, that's the way to do it. OK. Shout, like, shout out to my boy. Yeah. Dude, OK. Speaking Legend. of all that, like just, it didn't work. <laughs> I should, oh, I should point it. out, divorce damn came it. very quickly yeah, afterwards. Right. Um, the fact that they actually know. like got it like officially done too. Yeah, rocks. incredible. Yeah. <laughs> so like on the subject of like Christians, even more than the wider culture, like hyping each other up to get married. Um, like God, yeah. The 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 again, growing up in uh, as I mentioned, the Free Methodist Church, um, a very like old school creepy evangelical group of people i definitely knew some some couples you know some weird married people and some weird marriage stories and some and there's this one that sometimes just like enters my mind and makes me like shudder you're, like, you're tensed like, up right now like, like you just tensed up like mm -hmm. as you were about to like <sighs> tell the story <laughs> okay um so <laughs> among the horrifying uh things i crimes i committed as a young christian one among them was going on um uh youth group mission trips to the to uh mexico oh yeah, yeah. to like classic uh, oh yeah you know outside of this is what is more evangelical yeah i was yeah. about to say like uh, more you, american evangelicals where you go to you know these extremely impoverished areas and like uh like do some Bible study classes for these poor kids living in, you know, extreme I mean, poverty. This was like the f uh, before GoFundMe because, like, that's what they do now is like donate to my GoFundMe to, like, you know, help the kids. Oh, and then Jesus. you like kind of look into it and it's like, yeah, we're going on a mission trip. And it's like, all right. Oh, I that's mean, a memory I didn't need. I sold fucking candy bars. That just, I sold, I sold candy bars to raise money for yeah. the mission trip. God damn it. I had forgotten that. Um, <laughs> I went to school and sold candy bars. Was it like the church branded candy bars? No, no. It was like, like the Reese's or? Uh, uh, m ms Mars. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, fundraiser pack. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, so this mission trip went on to this Christian orphanage that was there. And then we would also go out from there and do like, like I said, Bible studies. And there was this, and it's, you know, whatever there is an, or, an or, Christian orphanage. I'm sure if you looked into it, there are some awful things about it. Not that I was aware at the time, but there was this guy there who was like the kind of like misfit, like weirdo 
who's seen some shit <laughs> who ends up in a church, you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like he, this gangly, like, guy looked like he'd at some point been starving in his life. Um, maybe, maybe drugs at some point. I don't know. But, like, just, like, a, a middle-aged, like, a, a this gangly, like or weirdly aged like maybe he wasn't middle aged because he kind of looked like young and old at the same time <laughs> you know what I'm talking like, like yeah, these know, characters yeah, yeah, yeah. who like yeah. end up in a church because it's like they finally like find yeah. like <laughs> some place well, they need a, like a, surrogate parents they need, a, they need well look there's not a lot there isn't really community in America and like if you are willing to like completely submit yourself and like be the person who's like yes i'm devoting my life to jesus christ like you can get that support from an evangelical church in a way and like go if you become the guy who's like yeah i'm gonna be the janitor here i'm gonna do the i'm gonna throw my whole life into this i have nothing else going on and so like whatever so he's working at this orphanage and he is telling us his like uh his testimony his like you know story was you know a story of like a moment where God like you know came and touched his life right or something and he's telling us about his wife who's this like much younger smoke show hell yeah <laughs> um, oh, like king at yeah. least like I mean he, you know if I don't know this is so long ago when I was very young but I mean I in this story let's say he's 40 and she's like 26 and yeah, so I mean, she was just going through a quarter life crisis. <laughs> yeah. So, well, so like she and she, you know, skirt down to her ankles, you know. Um, oh, trad. Um, mm. Very trad. Okay. Mm. That's, hey, that's what you got to think about. This is some evangelical trad shit these people are on. Now, she's there working with him at, they live at this orphanage now. Well, he tells the story of how a few years earlier, she had come to do a mission trip a, at this orphanage and they had met and talked and blah, blah, blah. But like nothing like nothing. It's not intimated that like anything really went on between them mm. on any level, really. But they but 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 he liked her. OK, yeah, mm. right. <clears throat> and then he tells us that, um, you know. Uh, what happens in when you're an evangelical is you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and sometimes God, you know, talks to you not in words because free Methodists evangelicals aren't fucking weird like that, right? Yeah. And they don't, they also don't, and they really look down on like, um, like say like uh, uh charismatics like Pentecostals or something who like get you know have like uh real yeah. like you know fits of ecstasy or something, but like no, they mean like when they pray, like you know they can feel the spirit moving within them and like telling them what they should do. And he was God like, God says I should fuck this kid. God, <laughs> God told me. Well, then he says, well, she went back to, she would left and went back to her home in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. The 90 days were up. And God, I, I prayed on it and I just, I, I kept praying on it. And for days, maybe a few weeks, I just kept praying on it. And God told me, you know, this is what, I, this is my plan for you. I need you need to marry this woman. This is the one for you. You need to go find her and make that happen. So I so I got in my car 
And I drove to where she lived in Canada from here in Mexico. And I showed up at her church one day and I was like, God told me I'm supposed to marry you. And now we're married. I mean, it's <laughs> it is cool because usually like girls who go through quarter life crisis either like date like a older guy or a trad guy. And it's like amazing that she like did, did both. both. Yeah. Hell yeah. Like and like committed to it right well that's classic uh pua stuff there you gotta seize the initiative right yeah right you know, that's, let, that's, let her know you're getting married that's sigma mindset it's like uh you know instead of saying uh uh do you want my number it's like you will have my number yeah know? yeah exactly like, exactly <laughs> Uh, wow, that's creepy. Well, let's go to uh, let's go to marriage. Let's go to marriage that's not creepy here. Um, the last that is fucking weird though, you know. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. I'm thinking about. Um, I wonder in Mexico. I mean, like, I was actually asking this um, at a party yesterday. Um, you know, for a friend of the show's going away party, and I was asking, like, you know, people like if they've heard of, um, you know, there's a big thing in like, you know, middle school, of like the guys who would go to summer camp and then we'd come back with a girlfriend and they're like, oh, who's your girlfriend? And they're like, oh, uh, you wouldn't know her. Uh, she lives in Canada, actually. Uh, uh, you yeah. know, like, uh, yeah, nobody would know her. Yeah, nobody would know her. <laughs> like, so, so some people from LA were like, yeah, like we never got that like at all. So, so it was like, might be like a, like a border state thing, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like, so uh, I don't know if in Texas they had that at all or something similar. But yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, she's Mexico. Like, yeah. you don't know her. Well, San Antonio is like parochial enough and be like, uh, she's like one town over. Yeah, right. Be like, well, I'm never gonna go over there. Like, that's too far away. Yeah, you know? that it's rules. Like, that's also, I know you're lying. Yeah, yeah, right. So yeah, nobody maybe, would maybe, ever go to Brownsville. Or, yeah. Like, Brownsville's too far away. It'd be like nobody would ever go to like uh, New Braunfels. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, the fucking rules. So I guess. um I guess this person, you know, we're sick of the accusations of fake, fake GF and was like, I'll prove it to you guys. I'll, I'll cross uh, yes. two fucking countries. Yes. Yes. And go to Canada. Hell yeah. <laughs> to get my 26 year old wife. Yeah. Bring her back. You, no, no bride in your arm. No proof. You know, as far as I'm concerned. The real God's plan. Yeah. Uh, well, let's hear about the other God's plan here. Um, the last 17 years have held long stretches where one or both of us was deeply unhappy. There have been times when contempt settled on our relationship, caked and hard as dried mud. We've both been unkind. We've both yelled curse words and stormed out the door. We both have felt we needed things that the other person simply could not give us. We have been to marriage counseling for long enough now that our favorite counselor feels like part of the family. We should probably include her photo in our annual Christmas card. At times, we stayed married sheerly as a matter of religious obedience and for the sake of our children. Get out of the marriage! <laughs> Get out of your marriage. This is cursed. <laughs> I love that at no point does this marriage get better. No, like, like there's no. We, we hated each other when we began. We hate each other now. And it's like, <laughs> it's funny because usually, you know, marriages can go downhill when like there's just like stuff that is they don't like seek help. But like they like getting like a lot of support yeah. and help, um, professional like help. And it's like still deteriorating at a seemingly fast rate that is like if you have been seeing the same marriage counselor for 17 years you need another marriage counselor like yeah, obviously not, they are not doing the job yeah they're not being honest with you clearly um, like mm, give it time uh, give you know uh spread it out a little bit we'll have this five-year 
plan. And uh, <laughs> but you have to see me or else it won't work. Yeah. So, this marriage council is a grifter marriage council. Well, this marriage council has been with them so long, like she can't lose the client at this point. Like she doesn't know <laughs> like, how to get clients yeah, anymore, right, right? right? Like Well, so they give the usual like boring paragraph uh, where she's like, Oh, look, I get the divorce used to be difficult and that was tough on women. But now the pendulum has swung so far that surrendering personal happiness to remain in an unfulfilling marriage seems somehow shameful or cowardly, perhaps even wrong. So this is just like a defense of marriage, but like <laughs> but this is the best from, argument that you can come up with. From the perspective of, look, I know nope. your marriage is shitty and you guys hate each other. But that's no reason to not be together. That's like crazy that that was verbatim. Like I thought that you were like inserting like a joke. <laughs> that's literally what but she like, wrote. But like that's what she wrote. Yeah. She's like, look, uh, you know, <laughs> giving up on personal happiness just to be in a marriage where you both hate each other. I know that seems like that might be a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, what if it weren't? Yeah. What if? Well, uh, I mean, it also like, won't get better. Yeah. But still, what if it weren't? <laughs> I mean, like, it's funny because she's like lamenting, like, as if that this is like a bygone era and like, oh, you millennials, you don't know how to commit or whatever. But um, she obviously hasn't been on Instagram because if you go on Instagram, like, you'll see like the funniest couples from like either like uh, people in high school that you just like forgot about, like the two people in high school that you just like have not crossed your mind since. And um, like the caption would be like, um, you know, you're crazy and I'm and I'm needy, but somehow we all like, you know, uh, work it out. Uh, these like two and a half years with you have been some rough rows and ups and downs. And, you know, we argue sometimes, but then we always come back together. It's like the same, like, you know, like, like I'm reading it and I'm like, you're like just saying how much like you do not like this person for your like three year anniversary post. Yeah. Listing all the faults that you hate about the person that you're with. Uh, it was easier to do that. than list anything I liked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, insane, insane. Like, but somehow we pushed through. And I am so happy for it. It's like some like, like just like funny, positive spin after like a list of like wild grievances of the person, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's fucking amazing. And uh, so she goes on, she has this hilarious, I mean, this is like way too bulky for an op-ed, but like has this hilarious paragraph. She's like, look, uh, you know, all these young kids today, they think that marriages are, you know, they're leaving their marriage as an act of self-love to embark on a personal, spiritual, or sexual journey of self-discovery. Uh, there's even a new trend of divorce celebration parties, not new. In contrast, <laughs> the story of someone <laughs> staying in a disappointing marriage for the kids or because of a religious commitment or for some other similarly pedestrian reason is at best boring. Worst, it seems inauthentic and uncreative, lacking in boldness and a zest for life. <laughs> so the straw man she set up is that like uh, the reason why divorce rates are where they are is because uh, people are just flitting from person to person, right? Because they're in some sort of journey of uh, ill-conceived journey of self-discovery. They whatever. all are drinking peyote and going on vision quests. And yeah. You know? yeah. yeah, the reason why they're not the slog that I'm in, where I wake up every day just fucking despising the piece of fucking human garbage that I'm like waking up next to, just the, the, the smell of him when he enters the room i would want to fucking kill him uh you guys uh look you know you're just you're <laughs> you're being ridiculous i'm not sticking with this yeah <laughs> you know and uh, the reason why people mock the way i live is because it just seems boring and uh, doesn't seem like i have a zest for life <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, this represents a shift in our social understanding of what marriage is and what it should be like. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, so far, again, I mean, to remind me, what she's describing, what it should be like is a never-ending disaster of just personal, interior personal destruction. I wonder if she, like, proofread this and, like, out loud or something to, like, hear what she's saying because it's just, like, I don't understand how you can write this and Are, be like, yeah, and this is why marriage is good, actually. Do we get to the upside at some point? Like, that's got like, was there up. like a turnaround story? Like, oh, now he, uh, you know, sold uh, sold coins. He found that one coin and, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> made his money back and then some. And I mean, <laughs> like, I don't think I know. I'm not picturing a turnaround coming. I'm I'm but at least like describing like what she thinks is something. good about right. like the this awful fucking torture she's put herself through <laughs> uh well, well here we go i don't know if i truly love my husband when we got married or if i even knew what love was well you've already explained you did not love your yeah, husband you really, fact, you, sounds like there was another guy you were in love with another guy <laughs> yeah but i know he's like you you told us that mere paragraphs ago <laughs> uh but i know that we are learning to love each other <laughs> each passing day you're 70 years old <laughs> <laughs> You're literally grandma age. As she's standing over his grave, she's going to be like, yep, I think I finally love him. <laughs> there are nights when he sits quietly reading and when I look at his face. <laughs> oh my God, at least shuts the fuck up. When I look at his face and recall what a steep hill we've climbed and we'll keep climbing. The hill of learning to tolerate so one another. they haven't gotten to the apex yet. <laughs> They're still climbing the hill. They're still climbing the hill. And I'm overwhelmed with gratitude that he was stuck with me and that we got to live this life together with all the sorrow, betrayal, glory, and surprise, and mystery that entails. So much beauty has grown from what at times seemed like simply stony ground oh my god this does not sound like a description of two happy people this is um, like a reads as like a nightmare every once in a while i look at my husband and i wonder should i smash his head in with a hammer <laughs> or you know just respect the fact that we've managed to keep this together without killing each other the last thing that I am is some sort of relationship guru. Yeah, no oh, shit, really? right? <laughs> like we, we've Thanks heard for it. Qualifying you that. just say, you open this by saying that you offer marriage, uh, like <laughs> she free does, marriage, she's a marriage counseling. counseling. Oh my god, she is literally a relationship <laughs> guru. You fucking fraud. <laughs> you scam artist. Jesus. Uh, and by scam artist. I mean priest. <laughs> Damn. Greg's embarking his late era stand-up career. Have you heard about trans people? <laughs> that's apparently his latest one. Oh you moved God. on from atheism. And uh, I think this is like the new, this is what all the atheists have moved on to. I can't wait for Richard Dawkins to do this. Yeah. Yeah. That is the weirdest thing. Dawkins has like, got to be a transphobe, right? Oh, like, yeah, I don't have him at all, right? He's English. He's an English freak. That's the fucked up thing. No, I 100% th believe that that's true. Um, that makes complete sense. And Ricky Gervais like, is probably just the tip of the iceberg. Well, they're not a relationship guru, um, but I don't give a lot of marriage advice, but I want to simply offer that choosing to stay in a marriage for all kinds of unromantic reasons is a good and even a brave choice. And even if it would never make a great book or movie, 
That choice offers its own kind of quiet path or of discovery, growth, yeah. love, and flourishing. Does this guy like just like did she, is she like securing a bag right now? Like I mean, like she's saying like non romantic reasons. I mean, yeah, I mean, like well, look, that's the only vision because of her personal life. That's the only vision of marriage she has. Yeah. It's like well, I mean, clearly you wouldn't be in one for romantic reasons. Yeah, right. Like, that that's for side. That, that's for side ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fall in love with your spouse, all right? for the confession chamber, you know? Yeah, that, that's going to be like uh, her... That's If you go to her TikTok stream or whatever, she's, you know, she's standing with her rollies or whatever, she's like, Don't fall in love with your spouse. That's mistake number one. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> um... I fully understand that sometimes divorce is unavoidable, and I certainly don't want anyone to stay for a minute in a violent relationship. Kind of sounds like you do. But for people in nonviolent but difficult marriages, uh, uh, just aggressive shouting matches, like drunk. (laughs) Yeah, divorce often fails to promise or fails to deliver its promised benefits. And yeah, maybe because, like, you're almost there, lady. Like, yeah, the <laughs> promised benefits of marriage that people like you are selling people on as part of like an ancient regime of social control <laughs> are bullshit. <laughs> but well, I get too. She's like, oh, that you can almost imagine where she's like, oh, uh, look, you know, because the New York Times editorial board has told me that I have to put this sentence in here. Uh, you don't have to stay in a marriage if it's violent. Uh, but all the way up to that line. <laughs> Like all the way up to the line, you should tolerate. Yeah, actually. right. Um, you know, emotionally abusive. You know, verbally abusive. Uh, financially abusive. All those things you should tolerate. But, but, uh, <laughs> but like, but, but, yeah. I mean, she's even saying like it's failing to deliver on all these promises. And like, but what? Are the, but like, who's selling the promises? Like, it's you. Yeah, like, you're the yeah. one. Like, and the churches of the world, and I mean, just everything else. Like, like that's it's it's a First fucking institution. And not to say you can't make your own, you know, version of that. And uh, with someone you actually, I don't know, like a little bit, you know, and and make what you will of that um, without sort of buying into, hopefully, the bullshit promises of the, like, historical and cultural institution of marriages, marriage. But, like, Jesus, lady, like you said, you're saying it all yourself. It's all there on the page. Yeah. Well, look, you know, she's held, I've held on to this in moments of deep frustration when my husband and I sank to the kitchen floor in tears, bone weary after going round and round, not knowing what else to do but pray, have friends pray, and putting one foot in front of the other. These kitchen floor moments are awful. Yet I think they're when the growth in our marriage really began. And I think, I think this is like a certain diseased mindset, like, the straw man figure of the person who just flits from marriage to marriage or whatever in a journey of self discovery uh, has the How's yours going, Brian. Yeah, has the exact uh, wrong idea of what marriage is about that this woman has actually. Yeah, which is that at no point is marriage about actually being in a communal relationship with somebody of you know shared interests and likes where you become one together as opposed to individualistic, right? You know, you are supposed to grow together and things like that. And her mind is like, oh no, um, I don't believe in the individualism of the person who says, no, uh, this person's not for me because I want to go do whatever dumb thing and I don't want to listen to my spouse, so I leave, right? Uh, I believe that marriage is a war of 
each against all. Yeah, like, right. Yeah. Me and my husband are in a war with one another. We're going to the death constantly. <laughs> yeah, against each other, and one of us will die. <laughs> like, and until then, the war continues. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, this is a horrifying visual. This thing, all like a, you know, the real growth happens when you've broken each other down physically and emotionally. She's on her knees in the kitchen praying. Yeah. Like, this is like cult shit. Like, this is like you know, this is Jim Jones shit. Of like, yeah. the real growth happens when they're like get on their knees and start crying yeah, in front of you. Right. That's when the growth begins. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's you just described a church. And yeah, and I mean, the funny part about this is uh, the actual reason why marriage as an institution is failing in America is uh, the same reason that we've always done, which is 100% economic. Like, people literally can't afford to be married. That, yeah. That's the actual yeah. answer. Like, it, it's just that simple, you know, um, from back at, you know, back in the Moynihan report days of what was that, 65 or whatever, when Moynihan was like, oh, the reason why there's so many single black mothers or whatever is they're just uh, a deficient cultural group or whatever. They have some sort of genetic deficiency. <laughs> and other people were like, I think it's because they're poor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. just going to throw that out there. Like, uh, it doesn't, you know, that and like public housing would allow you to have a husband and lots of other things. Uh, but now that like, you know, white people have the same levels of like single you know family or you know, single parent homes that black people did in the 60s all of a sudden it's like mm, what's the deficiency what genetic deficiency did they somehow come up with oh I guess in this case it's a spiritual deficiency or whatever it's like mm -hmm. no they're just as poor now like that's right. the thing like, like, like the their conditions have declined to the point <laughs> of like, <laughs> yeah. like their economic conditions and futures have gotten so bad particularly for men that for women it doesn't make sense to keep the father around like yeah. he is just an economic drain on the household right <laughs> Like it's like that is a failure of the economics of the country, right? Like that is a failure of the economic system. Um, that is why the whole institution has started to collapse. The aged, carried over institution that was probably bound to die eventually is being strangled to death by capitalism, right? That is what is killing it. But, godless, godless yeah. system, you know? Yeah, the same thing that like uh, killed religious ecstasy itself and turned it into uh, whatever this is. Or uh, my my wife was in the park with her charge the other day and had this uh, woman proselytize Buddhism to her. And I was like, I didn't know that Buddhists had like proselytizers out there like trying to convert people. Holy shit. And apparently the person was like, with Buddhism, like you, if you want money, you just put it out there and you get the money, right? You want their job, you put it out there, and you get the job. And I was like, this is just uh, prosperity gospel evangelism, man. Like prosperity Buddhism, yeah, I love it, man. Yeah, capitalism turns everything into a reflection, its own like disgusting reflection. That it's rules incredible. so hard because it's yeah. basically taking like this, like uh, like a lot of TikTokers are big on manifestations, you know. Like, <laughs> it's like a spirituality thing without like the organized religion. Um, you just like you know put it out in the atmosphere and that's how it will actually you know it would if you want money or you want that job or you want whatever you know you have to just like say it and manifest it that's basically just like taking that concept and slapping buddha yeah yeah it, no it's know, fantastic like, it's amazing yeah it's just like new age nonsense yeah like, right just like uh whatever whatever you think sells in this market just but i mean that's what <laughs> that's what i mean too it's like it's all it's all capitalism <laughs> yeah baby. right and you know it is hey man the buddha was pmc yeah the buddha, <laughs> he okay. was and, and buddha's and, at the pool <laughs> uh buddhism is is a uh has always been a uh, bourgeois 
preoccupation. <laughs> I mean, that's why Steven Seagal is, uh, oh, he's like one of the higher ranking, what the fuck is he? Oh, I'm probably blanking now. Dude, I, I don't He's, he's a high ranking. A lot of, I was going to say like a high ranking like karate car or some shit. Yeah, but. and he's like a high ranking monk within uh, Tibetan oh Buddhism. Oh my God, wait, well, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, so I mean, Tibetan Buddhism is like a, like as financed by the CIA as the Sinaloa cartel, but like, also, we'll take it. Like, you can buy anything you want from like the Dalai Lama, right? And so Stephen Seagal apparently handed over a bunch of money, and they're like, uh, "You're actually like one of the highest lamas in the church, actually." Now, cool. <laughs> so, uh, you know, real legit stuff there. Legit, uh, legit religion when you can just buy your way to the top, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, that's just what capitalism does to everything. And, you know, part of the failure of marriage is it's purely economics. It's purely the fact of, you know, our economic situation puts us in the individualist war of, you know, one against all. And I like that she's like, no, that is what we should just turn our marriage into. Like, the problem is, is that you keep leaving the marriage because of the war. Uh, you should stay in the marriage and fight the war. Dig like, your heels in. Yeah, dig your death. heels in. Dig your heels in while you dig your spouse's grave. Yeah. <laughs> to, yeah. The death, to the death. To the death. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's the only part here. To the death. He's like, say less. I'm going to win this one. This motherfucker. <laughs> well, hopefully that uh, inspired some of our listeners to, to go out and uh, get in that dating scene, guys. Yeah, you uh, know. I mean, hey, Greg, are you feeling motivated now? I'd like to fall in love as much as anybody. Yeah. I, I might even consider making some kind of uh, public commitment to that effect at some point and I could see for tax reasons on uh, submitting you know that before the state even possibly but you know don't ask me to like buy into the uh, the promises that this woman is simultaneously <laughs> selling and saying our bullshit what I mean <laughs> the promise of uh, having to live with somebody you hate more and more every day um, yeah I mean the real reason is uh, that sweet sweet health insurance baby that's that's the that's what holds marriages together uh, if they if they want to increase uh, marriages they basically would just have to make health insurance I mean this by the way this is what they did in the 50s to increase the marriage rate they just made employment like uh, male coded and so if you <laughs> wanted to be alive in a society where you have to pay money to buy all the like needs of society you essentially just had to get in a marriage right uh just make up that's the next step health insurance uh women only there you go and so if you're a guy you need to survive and you don't want to like die of uh, 10 million heart attacks you have to get married you'll just have to get hitched okay well there you go that's my new york times editorial it's one paragraph and it's way smarter than this (laughs) well i mean you know this person who's gonna you know provide me health insurance and a means to live um is gonna also have to live on the boat (laughs) that's just the way it is (laughs) you have like a frank reynolds compact basically like you know you have to come live in squalor with me (laughs) no matter what ride or die this is a charming sailing yacht (laughs) we are surrounded by beautiful beautifully oiled teak Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're in uh, 80 square feet of farts right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your farts take up three dimensional space. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, should we call it a night at that, guys? 
Yeah, man. I mean, I'm going to be praying uh, tonight, I think. You know, this this inspired me. I might I might have to, um, you know, check out what this whole evangelical church thing's all about. Sounds pretty cool, honestly. Yeah. Uh, this woman sold, she sold me on this Anglican business. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. It sounds as cool as something I'd imagine the English would come up with would be. <laughs> so, uh, uh, I'm sold. All right. Well, on that note, why don't we say... I do to closing out the episode, guys. Oh, uh, sure. I have a sinking feeling about it, but I do. <laughs> I do. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.